Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sharp Lessons, everybody. We're Stadium's sports betting podcast. I'm Ben Wittenstein. We've got the professor, Nate Jacobson, across from me, talking everything college football, NBA, NFL bets for Christmas weekend. Nate, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Festivus, too, Nate. It's the uh, day to air your grievances as we record this Thursday. Yeah, absolutely. A, a classic episode of Seinfeld and uh, a holiday I think that should get a lot more recognition, especially with all the, the tough times going on in the world and in the sports world as we try to keep up with all the news. Because when we signed off uh, the last time on last podcast on Friday, we weren't expecting the NFL to totally jumble up the schedule and move three different games two days back. And we had two games in the NFL on Tuesday. So we didn't record yesterday because we wanted some extra time after there was some late Tuesday night games. And now it's Thursday, late morning, we have a Thursday night game tonight, two Saturday games, and then the regular stuff on Sunday and Monday. And it's kind of hard these days with all the players testing positive of COVID, keeping up. A lot of this information you get might be out of date by the time you listen to it. But, you know, follow the news, follow the line moves, the betting markets, and try to maybe take some of our information if the game's that we talk about kind of end up not having a lot of COVID news and end up kind of being normal. Yeah, this has been a uh, a hell of a month to have a sports betting podcast and to uh, <laughs> try to bet on yeah. sports just in general with all the cancellations and COVID and everything in between. So we've been trying yeah. to uh, avoid that minefield a little bit if, if we can. And as an NBA guy yourself, I can't imagine what you're going through because every time I feel like I refresh my Twitter Games being postponed or just uh, another players getting added to the health and safety protocols and players are getting signed uh, like emergency players, I guess that's what it's called. And it's probably pretty hard to handicap games when you don't really know who's playing or what players just got added and how they're going to play because they just signed with the team. But I know you had a good Wednesday night. You still had an article and you went three and one. So good job there. And Maybe we'll talk a little bit NBA Christmas as there's a, a lot of games on Saturday. I think five games are usually scheduled, but the, the looks of the teams might be a little bit different than what we expected from the preseason. Yeah, it's uh, the NBA has definitely been wild. And we'll so we'll get to the NBA a little later on in the episode. But, Nate, let's start with some bowl picks um, because we are going to be doing an episode next week. We've been doing one a week this week, last week, and then the next week just to to end the year. Um, and then once the new year starts, we'll go to two a week. But let's look at some bowl picks. And these are going to be games from today, Thursday, the 23rd through the 30th, and just some games we wanted to highlight or some games that we like to pick. Um, and the first one you have down, Georgia State minus 5.5 against Ball State on Christmas. You liking Georgia State in this one? Yeah, it's the Camellia Bowl, and it's a game that Alex Simmons talked up on his podcast appearance a few weeks ago when the bowl game just came out. 
So kind of tailing him here, but it makes a lot of sense. Georgia State, I know there was a big difference in his number where he thought this game should have been closer to, I believe it was nine points, and now we're at five and a half. I know when we were talking about the game, Georgia State was favored by four and a half, but then there was the motivation edge for Georgia State. There's the angle of Georgia State having a short drive to the Camellia Bowl, which I believe is in Birmingham, Alabama. No, that's the the Montgomery, Alabama, pardon me. That's where the Camellia Bowl is played, but it's close to Georgia State. A lot of the players on Georgia State are from the southeast region, so it will be a lot more family and friends at the game compared to Ball State. And then you could also just fade the Mac, who has kind of fared poorly in bowl season. I know they're 1-3 against the spread of the cover being that NIU as a double-digit underdog. So fading Ball State in the Mac, betting on a team in Georgia State who's more excited about this bowl game, playing closer to home. And basically, as Alex Simmons said earlier on that podcast a few weeks ago, it's just a big numbers edge where this number is too short. So if it's still five and a half, I'd grab Georgia State now because I can see that going up before game day. Yeah, I like that pick as well. I think Georgia State is simply just the the better team in this situation. Their offense, especially you just look at just by the numbers, rushing yards, they're they're a run-heavy team, and Ball State struggled against the run this year. So you look at some of these numbers, and Georgia State offensively has a pretty decent edge, and defensively, I think they probably would have a bit of an edge as well. And when you look at a game like that, and you look at how close it is, and just talent-wise, both these teams are going to be motivated, so you can throw the motivation out the window. But talent-wise and numbers-wise, Georgia State's going to have this. And when it comes to bowl games, I'll trust Alex. I'll, I'll trust what he has to say. He does a lot more research than I do. He's got his own numbers. He's got his own thing going, so he knows what he's doing. So I'm, I'll run with this with Alex. And I'm going to say, don't. you might not want to trust me, although I have been very selective betting bulls, but I am in a contest. It's a small stakes contest, not too much money. But you have to pick every bowl game against the spread. And so far I am 2-10 and 10 against the spread. And then in another pool, a confidence pool, where you pick every game straight up, but you assign a certain number based on how confident you are in that team winning, I am five and eight straight up if you include the celebration bowl, which this bowl pool includes. So it's been a rough bowl season for me. I did hit my UTEP bet last last week, but last night went down with Army minus three and a half. So, um, you know, tough, tough stuff in the bowl game for me, but <laughs> there's still plenty of games and a lot of games that will draw more eyeballs as we get close to New Year's. And those are games that, you know, people want to bet on. And I think next week when we do a podcast, I'll have some best bets on bowl games as long as the the lines stay the same and there isn't too many COVID cases out there that impacts a team or something. Yeah, and as I told you before we recorded, that means you're due, right? That means uh, you're due for a run. So maybe listen to you now because you have been doing bad. That's that's one way to look at it, I guess. Uh, let's see. First Responder Bowl, another game we wanted to look at. December 28th, Air Force plus one and a half in that one. And uh, you like Air Force. Yeah, this game's in Dallas. I like Air Force at an underdog price, and it's kind of just the angle of taking the, the service academy team. It didn't work yesterday with Army in terms of covering any number, really, because they only won by two. But Air Force, I think, is... They're a solid team. They're they're decent. I think they played Army to a close game this season, but not a huge fan of Louisville. I know their offense is is pretty good, and they have a good offensive mind to coach, but I, I feel like Louisville is a team that can get 
completely gashed on the ground by this army team that runs a triple option. So looking towards Air Force and an underdog price on Tuesday, December 28th in the first responder bowl in Dallas, Texas. Um, let's see some bowls, some bowl games or, or teams that I like. Um, I was kind of looking at that Western Michigan Nevada game, Nate. Um, that'll Ooh. be on Monday. That'll be in Ford Field um, as well. Uh, I kind of like the over. Uh, I don't think I can pick a side, and it's you know going to be a relative home game for for Western Michigan because yeah. it's at Ford Field, and and so they're pretty you know for a bowl game like this pretty heavily favored at minus six and a half. But the the over under is fifty five and a half, fifty six at some places. I you're never going to really see me push hard to bet an under in a bowl game. So I don't think I will do that, especially since bowl game overs have been so successful so far this year. But I do like the over in this one, um, 55-56. Both these defenses are fine. They're mad. The Nevada defense has given up, you know, 400 total yards per game, something like that. And the Western Michigan defense is doing a little bit better, but really not by much. I think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. It's going to be in a dome, on turf. Both these teams have shown the capability to score. I think you see both these teams score in the 30s. So the over 55 and a half is, is I think, the move in this game. So I don't really want to put a kibosh on your handicap, but the Nevada season-to-date statistics should completely be thrown out the window in this game because NFL prospect quarterback Carson Strong opted out of the bowl game. Head yep. coach Jay Norvell bounced from Nevada to in-conference Colorado State because Colorado State was tripling his salary. The backup quarterback in Nevada is also not playing this game because he's transferring. This total actually has dropped 10 points. It opened 66. Now it's at 56 and a half, so nine and a half points. The spread in this game opened at some places Nevada minus six and a half. Now Western Michigan is a six and a half point favorite. So I think this game is one of those like total exhibition games where Nevada has to go all the way to Detroit to play a game at 11 o'clock local time it's going to be 8 a.m pacific time i think they have no interest in being in this game i don't think i would bet on western michigan now because the line has moved 12 yeah. points from six and a half one way to six and a half the other but given the situation of shorter tra- much shorter travel for western michigan just a couple hour tr- drive from kalamazoo to detroit and then nevada playing an early game on a I believe it's a monday a monday morning I, I would not get involved with the total because anything we know about Nevada, you can throw out the window if they're be playing a third-string quarterback. And then with Western Michigan, obviously they're more motivated, but all those factors, that information is built into the number. So it's definitely one of the more fascinating bowl games in terms of line moves. But obviously if it's full strength, Nevada, full strength Western Michigan, it's a different game. It's probably a high-scoring game. Definitely a different total too. But, yeah, I mean, the total has moved 10 points, basically, because of all the information in there. So if you got out ahead of that with the under in, in Nevada – or, sorry, Western Michigan, good for you. But at a certain point, there's uh, no value left in betting on the Broncos of Western Michigan now that we're getting towards seven. What other uh, bowl games do we want to talk about? There's, you know, games going on on Tuesday, like the Houston-Auburn game. Um, with obviously Bo Nix transferring to Oregon, that line has been moving a little bit. Auburn minus two and a half um, in yeah. that one, if I'm reading that correctly. That's that seems like a tough one to handicap. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I was kind of leaning towards Houston at plus three. Now I'm not really sure 
Um, because Bo Nix wasn't going to play anyway. He has an injury, injury, so that transfer to going to the transfer portal and going to Oregon doesn't impact this team, but maybe it impacts kind of the mood of the team and how difficult the Brian Harson first year was in Auburn, where there was a lot of whispers of off-the-field issues. So I think it might be a, a tough game for Auburn to get motivated, although they are playing uh, pretty close to home, I guess. So they should have a home field advantage. And I know Dana Holgerson in, in bowl games isn't always the the best uh, person to put your money on. Not so kind of a stay there. away. Some games I'm interested in, and I don't know when we're going to record next, but I'm kind of interested in all the Wednesday games, even though two yeah. of them are at Fenway Park and Yankee Stadium. But kind of like Virginia, maybe they win a game to send Bronco Mendenhall out, who's uh, who stepped down as head coach but is coaching the bowl game. The line has moved a bit, but Maryland against Virginia Tech, just because Virginia Tech has opt-out and a new head coach, so I don't think they're going to be that excited about playing that game. Um, and then Iowa State-Clemson. I kind of like Iowa State. I know Brees Hall opted out, but I feel like Iowa State is a little bit more motivated than Clemson to play in this in this game just because, I mean, Clemson's used to playing – in college football semifinals and not in cheese it bowls. So I think <laughs> Iowa State might be a good look there, but the line has kind of moved after the Brees Hall opt-out. And then at night, Oregon-Oklahoma State, the interim coach bowl. I think Bob Stoops might kind of want a one good last showing uh, before, I mean, he probably will never coach again. And I know he hasn't coached at Oklahoma in years, but I think that maybe he's going to be rallying the troops to win one last game and, kind of send uh, positive vibes into the Brent Venables era in, in uh, Norman. Now, I think we would be remiss to not talk about this one game because we have been pretty good with this team all season long, and that's the <laughs> San, Diego, San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl, UCLA, NC State. Um, we're seeing that line right now. Um, let me double check. I believe... Is that minus one right now still? Uh, yeah, minus one. NC State's favored by one. 59.5 is the total. You know, we've we've done pretty well with UCLA, and I'm, I'm kind of leaning NC State in this one. Yeah, um, don't really have much in this game. I It, it kind of depends on who's going to play and, and right. waiting as long as possible. And I feel like not a lot of information has come out in this game. I feel like... There's been a lot of just, I don't know, just kind of. I think it's just be kind of normal for both these teams for the most part. Maybe. I just. Barring some I, late news. I guess with COVID and stuff, maybe there could be a COVID bug going through a team or just a flu yeah. bug going for a, on a, through a team. And the day of the game, we'll see line movement. So if you feel really strongly about a game, bet it now. But if I don't feel strongly about a game, I'm probably not going to get involved until I have as much information as possible. Yeah, I, I would probably lean NC State in this one. Um, they've they've just shown a good job of even though the UCLA loves to run the ball, they're a very good run team. NC State has shown that they can counteract that with their incredible passing attack at times. Um, so I, I think that'll be a fun game again. Another over game that I think I kind of like at fifty nine and a half. Both these teams are able to score, and they've I mean their defenses are fine, but but they know how to score. 
Um, is there any other bowl game you, you've been looking at? I mean, I guess we could address it next week on some shows, but we really went through a good portion of the games that we kind of like at this point. Um, maybe have some best bets later in the week. Looking at Notre Dame, that no made no secret about that. Maybe Utah, especially if Ohio State has some players opting out. The mm-hmm. Lions kind of got away from us, and this game isn't for another 12 days or something, but Kansas State is up to three and a half against LSU in the Texas Bowl on January 4th. I know in my article, or the article we wrote last week, roundtable-wise, that was my second favorite bet, Kansas State. I think it was only minus one at the time. So maybe we'll talk about some games next week, and of course we'll talk about the college football playoff games that are taking place on December 31st. The other team that I wanted to hit on was Minnesota. I really do like Minnesota. They were minus four a little earlier, a couple weeks ago. They moved to minus five against West Virginia. Uh, And you talk about motivation. I mean, this is a pretty motivated Minnesota team. They've got a lot of uh, older guys on that team. I think their O-line was like the most veteran O-line in in the Big Ten in terms of starts. Um, And they've shown that they can play. And, And they've shown that offensively, I think they're capable to some extent. And West Virginia has shown that they're not a very good football team at times. So I, I do like Minnesota in this game. If it gets up to minus six, minus six and a half, that area, I probably would stay away. But as long as it stays under a touchdown, I would lean towards Minnesota in the guaranteed rate bowl game. Yeah, no opinion on this game, so uh, I'll, I'll trust you on that one. <laughs> I've, I feel like I've had a decent feel of Minnesota. You have. No, you, you definitely have, and that's why I'm giving you giving you the benefit of the doubt. I, I was a little surprised. I think West Virginia took some early money, and now Minnesota took some money, so I wonder if there's yeah. something going on um, in terms of opt-outs and stuff because with all the other sports news, it's kind of hard to track some of the smaller opt-outs to non-quarterbacks or non players we know about who are going to be one or first or second day draft picks in the NFL. All right. Should we go on to some NFL? Cause we have an NFL game Thursday night tonight. Yeah. And of course we've got some Christmas day NFL games um, going on. So a lot of NFL games to get to. So let's, let's start talking some NFL, mate. We've got uh, the 49ers and the Titans tonight, Thursday night football 49ers are minus three in this one. 44 and a half is the total um, game taking place in Tennessee. Um, these are two teams that, for me personally, have been very hard to handicap and, and kind of figure out. Um, but the 49ers have been playing well as of late. Yep, absolutely. The Titans have the better record this season, but the 49ers are road favorites for a reason because they have been playing very well. They've won five of the last six games. Their offense has played really well. On the other side, the Titans, since they've lost Derrick Henry, have an offense that really hasn't generated much. A lot of games where they're at that like four yards per play or under four yards per play point in terms of uh, yards per play and looking at the box score, which is something you don't want to see or a team you don't really want to bet on when their offense is all out of sorts. And they do have an excuse because they did lose Derrick Henry and then A.J. Brown, a valuable receiver, has been on IR the last three games and is slated to come back tonight. So maybe the Tennessee Titans get a boost on offense, but I think it's no no uh, secret if you're following the NFL closely why the 49ers are a favorite in this game, even though it's on a short week and they have to travel two time zones to get to Nashville. I really don't feel comfortable betting on this version of the Titans. want to see a little bit more of A.J. Brown because maybe they're rushing him back because they know that they have to start winning some of these games for playoff purposes. 
but I really want to see Derrick Henry because Derrick Henry not, doesn't just help the run game of the Titans, obviously, but also the play action game. Just the threat of him on the field opens up so much for Ryan Tannehill. So I think the number is probably about right, maybe a little inflated to the 49ers based on the recent form. But I really don't want to bet on Tennessee, so I'm probably going to pass this game. Yeah, it, it seems like this is one of those NFL lines where, like, it seems too easy. You know, Tennessee's been struggling, and the 49ers have looked good. The defense has looked really solid, and Titans have injuries. So why not smash minus three for the 49ers while you can still get them as a field goal favorite? And then so thinking that makes me think, you know, Maybe this is the game that Tennessee can kind of break through. They've struggled, you know, three of their last four games they've lost. And I think they're too good of a team. And I know they've struggled with injuries and, you know, getting some of these receivers back, I'm sure is going to help. And it's a tough game to play on on a short week. But this is one of those games that almost feels like a trap for, for that minus three for the 49ers. Now, I don't know if it's so trappy that I would bet on the Tennessee Titans plus three, but I, I don't think I could lean towards the 49ers in this one just because it's it's one of those lines that you just look at and you're like it's too easy almost like the 49ers theoretically should win by a touchdown probably against this Tennessee the version of the Tennessee Titans that we've seen in the past couple weeks but they're going to be at home on a short week I I don't know this seems like a, a trap game to me I think the situation is tough for the 49ers just because it's a short week. If this was a Sunday afternoon game, maybe a little bit different. But at the same time, A.J. Brown might be a little bit healthier if you give him two extra days or two and a half extra days. So uh, it's an intriguing game for sure. Two teams that are likely going to make the playoffs. 49ers have really turned around their season, and that's why they're road favorites. And just because Tennessee is just – offensively just not very good at all and I know the perception of them is that early in the year one of the best teams in the AFC I never really bought into that but now I think maybe there's a opportunity where they're kind of priced appropriately so don't want to fade them now because I think we there's been other times of fade them and I've I've done so the last few weeks but in this case I don't really want to bet the 49ers just at this number just a little bit too rich for my for me yeah, I, I would agree. I'm, I would lean Titans, and I would probably lean the under, but no strong feeling on uh, either of those plays. Browns at the Packers. Packers minus seven and a half. Total is at 46. This is a Christmas Day special game, um, a 3:30 game in Lambeau, in Green Bay. 46. Uh, yeah, that total. Browns are Browns are bad um, without Baker, and we saw Nick Mullins. You know, struggle uh, last week, and and everyone everyone loves the Packers. Everyone loves betting the Packers, and we've seen how good they can be with Aaron Rodgers, especially at home late into December. Everything is screaming Packers, Packers, Packers in this game. Yeah, and the, the Browns are at a huge rest disadvantage for this game because they were involved in one of the games that was scheduled for last Saturday, and they moved it to Monday. They ended up not really getting any players back, so that didn't work out. And now that they're in a tough situation because they have to travel for a Saturday afternoon game on Christmas Day. So they had the rest disadvantage, the travel disadvantage, not to mention all the players on the COVID list that they didn't get back on Monday, that they're, I know, hoping to get back for Saturday. But with the new COVID rules in the NFL, it's kind of hard to figure out what what to make of what this Browns side is going to look like I, I think baker mayfield's expected to return but 
Yep. Who knows? So yeah. if they get players back, Baker, one of Baker, Case Keenum, even though Nick Mullins, I guess, was fine on Monday. Their offensive line will be important if they can get some of those guys back. Jarvis Landry, just a more formidable weapon for that offense. I would be interested at the Browns if they do get a lot of players back but at this current number. However, I think this line would go down to under a touchdown. And for me, I know the Packers have the or the number one seed in the NFC at the playoffs ended today, but there's a lot of doubts I have about their defense, even more looking closer to their special teams. It's really Aaron Rodgers kind of carrying this team, and I don't think the perception of the the, the Packers is as high as it, it should be. Or I, I don't. I kind of want to sell the Packers, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, because some of the other pieces of their team and units of their team are league average at best. And we kind of saw it last week as they let Tyler Huntley kind of go up and down against them, playing a really soft defense and even down seven or up seven, kind of letting the Ravens do what they wanted. So I have worries about the Packers in general. So when you have to lay a big number, I'm kind of iffy about that. And the Browns need this game to keep any playoff hopes alive, alive pretty much. The only problem is there's some other factors against the Browns in this game in terms of rest. And, of course, players on COVID who, even if they do get those players back, it's not like they've been practicing and getting ready and preparing for this game other than maybe re-watching film or something, but they haven't been getting the practice reps that they needed um, for this game. So it might be a, a tough spot for the Browns, and because of that, I'll probably avoid it. Yeah, uh, it seems like a game – Theoretically, the Packers should win by double digits, just with all the issues that the Browns have been having. And if, if Baker's back, you know, how healthy is he going to be? Um, but yeah, something about their defense for the Packers is not going to help them down the road. And I don't know if it's going to be an issue for them on Saturday. It might be, but I do, I don't think I could pick a side, especially with that seven and a half, but the over does seem kind of nice. It seems a little, a little too low. 46 is, that's not what I would have expected. You know, looking first glance at a game like this, yep. if I would expect it, maybe 47, 48 and a half hovering around that 49, but 46 does seem a little bit low. Um, and I think that's probably because of questions with with Baker and not sure if he's going to play. If he plays, I'm sure that total is going to go up a bit um, because, you know, the Browns did struggle without him. But maybe you try to get ahead of that news. If you if you strongly feel that Baker is probably going to come back and play, you hit that over 46 right now. Yep. And the total was at 44 and a half yesterday. So there has been some money on the over and I think it's with the expectation the Browns get some players back uh, in this game and I know that Miles Garrett hasn't practiced this week with a groin injury so maybe the Browns defense takes a little bit of blow a blow even though if they get some players back from the COVID list all right let's do the Saturday night game on Christmas the Colts at the Cardinals the Cardinals minus one that total is at 48 and a half once again Nate we are getting the Cardinals at home in prime time Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, are they going to feel the pressure of a primetime game yet again? The entire country is going to be watching them. Are they going to uh, are they going to falter in this one playing one of the NFL's hottest teams in an MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, well, with the the way these teams are trending, it it certainly seems like there's a chance that they they do falter once again just because they aren't playing well, losing to the Rams on a Monday night getting absolutely destroyed by the Lions last week. There's no fluke about that 30-12 to 12 loss that they had, and now they have a big primetime game on a short week. 
they're at home, but it's, they still have a one day less rest advantage because the Colts did play last Saturday night. And for me, this game's similar to the 49ers Titans, where the point spread is dictated by the recent results as opposed to the season long body of work. Because the Colts are eight and six, the Cardinals are ten and four, but the Colts are coming off a prime time win against the Patriots, where the whole country is watching. There's no secret anymore that they're going to be a tough out in the playoff because of the style of play they pl- they play and if they are able to stay healthy. And the Cardinals, they've lost their last two games, as I mentioned, and I think we're seeing a little bit of the what happened last year where they started off pretty well and then they kind of faded down the stretch. And maybe it's Kyler's not fully healthy, although he did miss three games this year and should probably be healthy because he hasn't played that many games. But just with the form that the Cardinals are in, it's hard to back them in this game, especially, as you mentioned, Jonathan Taylor, who I think is now the third favorite to win the MVP, which is pretty incredible for a running back in this day and age. The Cardinals struggle stopping the run, so this could be a huge Jonathan Taylor game. So it's a tough matchup for the Cardinals. The recent form points to the Colts. However, it's all about the price, and the look-ahead line in this game was Cardinals minus four before the week 15 results. It got down to as low as a pick I could see this going back to a pick as now we're at Cardinals minus one as we talk on, on Thursday morning. But I just can't bet on the Colts because of the price. I think too much has adjusted. At the same at the same time, they're on the road. It's Carson Wentz who has blow-up potential, I feel like. I don't fully trust him, even though he has played well and looks pretty comfortable with Frank Wright calling plays for him. I just don't think you're getting any value in this number. And if for me, it'd actually be Cardinals or pass. I just don't like this Cardinals team at all and, and can't bet on them. So I know I, it's I one of those things way. where it, if you got out ahead of that look ahead number and kind of foresaw what could have happened, then good for you. If you got Colts at plus four or something, but now at a pick them and I could see the Colts closing as a favorite just because this is another standalone primetime game on a holiday that a lot of people are going to bet on. And based on what we've seen recently, the Colts are going to be a popular side. So it's going to be a pass for me. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Colts Colts comfortably won. I just wouldn't want to bet on it because the value is definitely gone. Yeah, I, I don't know. Cardinals, I, I think the Cardinals are the right spot here. I don't know if I could put money behind Cliff Kingsbury right now. He has been a disappointment to you. He's been a disappointment to me. <laughs> His play calling has been terrible at times. I don't. I just don't know, yeah. and I, I don't know how – are the Cardinals going to play terrible in another primetime game? Like, if they do, you're gonna ha- people are going to have to really reassess how good this team really is because they're going to have to be able to do that come playoff time. But I, I just – I think they are a good enough team to not do that in two primetime games back-to-back. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's, a, <laughs> if that's a thing we should trust Cliff Kingsbury – to come through with, even though they're at home, because we saw them struggle at home last time. I think you can make the case this is a good buy low spot on the Cardinals. My issue is I think that maybe this isn't the lowest they could go, because before the season, they were expected to be a 9-8 and eight team. So now maybe they're playing yep. kind of like that 9-8 and eight team. Meanwhile, the Colts, I know there was a lot of uncertainty going into the season because of the injuries, but now they're as healthy as they've been. They had a very late bye week, which is a good p- positive for a lot of teams entering this stretch. And but the thing is now, like people are, I think we were saying a few weeks ago, like the Colts would be a, a tough team that no one would want to play in the playoffs. 
now everyone knows about that and they're priced appropriately. So that's why I, I'm going to pass, but I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't talk you out of the Cardinals if you're just kind of looking at betting numbers as opposed to betting teams. All right, let's do some NFL picks. Uh, you've got four picks that you wanted to give out. Um, what, uh, you, you're liking the Ravens, the Vikings, the Bills, and the Dolphins. So the, the Ravens are an interesting pick to me, yeah. um, against the Bengals. They're a three point underdog in Cincy. Is this just kind of one of those things where you look at the number and you're like, it's almost too good of a number for the Ravens to pass up at this point? So I wrote everything, and these were the four picks I have, like, considering in my article that's up on Washington.com. We published it this morning. And, yeah, so starting with the Ravens, it's just one of those things where I want to fade the Bengals as a favorite. I don't think highly of Zach Taylor. Even though they won in Denver last week, their offense was not good, and a part of it is because their offensive line is – pretty playing pretty terribly i know there's injuries on that unit but it's an offensive line i don't trust anyway going into the season and burrow is making the most of it but like his receivers higgins and and chase basically did nothing yesterday and i know it's a little bit of an easier matchup in this game against the Ravens secondary as opposed to the broncos but now the Bengals are a favorite and they're expected to win so my question in this game is or like decision in this game is when i'm going to bet this game because it was Bengals minus two and a half early in the week lamar jackson doesn't practice on wednesday it moves to Bengals minus three i'm willing to wait risk waiting hopefully the Bengals uh go up i guess if if jackson there's uncertainty he's going to play if he doesn't end up playing and this gets up to like i don't know five five and a half i'm not sure if because tyler huntley has played that well i'm not sure if it will go up that high but given the situation i think i'm willing to take a shot at tyler huntley at like a plus five or plus five and a half so we'll have to see about that um and waiting on that baltimore injury information so if you do like the ravens like i do i'd wait if you don't think lamar is going to play and you would have bet the Bengals anyway i'd bet the Bengals as soon as possible but uh i'm i'm either ravens or nothing so i'm going to wait this out and probably until sunday afternoon or morning now this vikings one is interesting to me too because they're playing the rams and the rams are on a short week of course having played on tuesday they beat the seahawks the seahawks looked really 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 bad the Rams are, again, a home underdog. Um, under a field goal is the Rams as a, as a favorite in this yeah. one. And I, I know you and your betting tendencies for the Vikings, and I know them being an underdog at home against a team on a very short week. That seems almost too good to be true. Yeah, I think it's a good situation with the Rams having that game postponed two days. So now it's a short week with travel, long travel around around Christmas and the Vikings at 7-7, seven and seven, they have had a lead of six points or more in all 14 games. So I really do think this team is better than their record indicates. I think a lot of people think that. So I like the situation here for Minnesota, and, and catching three is something I'm interested in. I made the line Rams minus two, so a little bit of line value, a little bit of a situational edge, rest advantage for Minnesota. So I'll take plus three pretty happily and – they need this game, Minnesota, to kind of keep yeah. any pl- chance the playoffs alive. They need to win this game, and then, I mean, they definitely need to win this game because next week they play in Green Bay on a Sunday night. So this game becomes even more important because if another team in the NFC falls, if they can beat the Rams and then the Bears in Week 18 and 9-8, and eight, and they'd at least have a, a decent shot at the playoffs, and that's probably their most realistic path to get to the postseason. So I could see Minnesota winning this game straight up. 
I'll take the plus three. I could see this closing a little bit lower. Um, I guess any game could close lower or close higher based on COVID stuff. But if there's no new information between now and Sunday, I could see the Vikings closing a little bit less in this game against the Rams. And I think the fact that they're going to get Adam Thielen back most likely. Yeah. And he's going to be healthy, I think, is going to be pretty important, too, for them. Um, because, you know, they did win. Uh, they won the game. They lost to the Detroit when he really got hurt in. They yeah. beat Pittsburgh. They beat Chicago. And now they're going to be able to get him back. I think that's only going to – now that they have that momentum going forward, they know they have a, still have a shot for the playoffs. Getting Thielen back, I think, is going to be big. So, yeah, if you can – if that can go up to plus three for the Vikings at some point um, – yeah, that would be good, and I think you can probably get some some plus threes. Uh, what else do you have? The Bills and the Dolphins. Let's so you're talk- liking the Bills and the Patriots. Yeah, so I like the Bills, and then there's some news, actually, as we record that's breaking regarding the Dolphins-Saints game. But let's start with the Bills. Oh, yeah. And it's a, a quick rematch of the wild Monday night football game we saw in Week 13. Patriots mm-hmm. win 14-10, but they only attempted three passes because – the game script was positive for them, but also the horrible weather in Buffalo in terms of the wind. And it was a weird game because the Bills did have chances to take the lead in the second half, but they fell short in the red zone. They missed a field goal, and then they got stopped on the last possession that they had. So it was a disappointing loss for Buffalo, but they were a three-point favorite in this game. So now if you just flip home field, and you, let's say you give two points of home field for each team, because that's kind of like the, the max you would give a team, I think, in a regular season game in the NFL. Then this line should probably be like Patriots minus one. So getting a little bit more points, the game kind of having a low total. Buffalo makes like great teaser leg this week. The only question is who to pair them with. So kind of you can pick who you want, but... I like Buffalo in a teaser, and I will take um, either plus the points or on the money line, like plus 110 or plus 115, whatever it is. But the weather looks fine in Foxborough in terms of wind, which is really what the Patriots benefited from in the first meeting. So uh, the Buffalo Bills, they're an attractive team for me at this underdog price in New England in a game in Foxborough where check the wind and it's going to be single digits win. So I think Josh Allen will be able to throw the ball a little bit in this game. And Mac Jones is going to have to be forced to make throws. I think he can make throws, and he's a capable quarterback to do so. But the Bills are good at stopping the pass. Even without Tredavious White, they still have some guys on the back end who uh, are pretty decent. So I like the the Bills here at plus two catching points and definitely a teaser leg, probably the one of the stronger teaser legs I, I could uh, see. Unless, of course there's COVID stuff because Cole Beasley tested positive and maybe that causes a ripple effect in the Bills locker room. So obviously there's some risk in in teasing and because you can get a better number later in the week if it gets to plus three, but we'll see here. Um, I like the Bills. Yeah, I'm liking a a Bills-Ravens teaser leg uh, going on. I kind of like that. That seems a little tasty to me. I think if Lamar Jackson was for sure playing and this line was under a field goal, then yes. However, if Jackson doesn't play or is uncertainty, if he's healthy, maybe leave the Ravens out of it because then there's a bigger chance that they get blown out. But um, I'd still like the Ravens. But, yeah, I would avoid the teaser thing just because of Jackson's status. All right. And then finally, Dolphins and the uh, the Saints and the breaking news with that one. 
is uh, there is going to be a very interesting quarterback starting for the Saints. And Ian Book, Notre Dame's finest, is going to be starting because Taysom Hill is out uh, with COVID issues. So it's going to be Ian Book against the Miami Dolphins in this one. Yeah, so I liked this game when it was Dolphins plus three. Um, just kind of a, a philosophy this year of betting on the Saints when they're underdogs, betting against them when they're favorites. And last week they had that 9 nothing shutout against the Buccaneers. But if you just look at the Saints' offense, they only had 3.5 yards per play. So it's an offense that I don't trust at all to cover a number as a favorite. So my look in this game, and it's a Monday night game in, in the Superdome, so maybe a little bit difficult spot for the Dolphins to play in because the Dolphins have somehow played their last five of six games at home, and they've won all six games, but weird, we're scheduling Cork there. Anyway, yeah. the Dolphins plus three would have been a, a bet for me. Um, I know in, they're in contests. I think they're still plus three, so I'll, I'll use the Dolphins. But, uh, yeah, Ian Book starting it would have, because – Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill both have COVID. Just looking at the line now, and this line could definitely change, but I see a, a Dolphins minus one and a half now. So, I don't know, maybe there's an opportunity to take the Saints as an underdog at home, and maybe Ian Book just does enough because Sean Payton can scheme some, some stuff up. But uh, just saying that uh, Dolphins at plus three was a bet for me, and now it's a it's a complete pass or maybe even Saints as an underdog. Yeah, certainly interesting news to get um, on a on a Thursday for things like this. But yeah, Nate, I yeah. if you're just looking at some picks, I, I do like the Vikings at this one. Um, I, I really do, and I think you know I'm I'm leaning toward a if we're talking about teasers, Buffalo I think is a good teaser team. Maybe the Vikings as well, um, and I may even sprinkle a little bit on that Vikings money line being being home dogs against a, a shorthand short uh, week Los Angeles Rams um, for a game like that. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on all the teams that you have done so far. There's not another matchup that I love um, for for any of these in this week because, again, you just you don't know with, with COVID and how that's going to affect anything, and I don't love the numbers for most of the other games. Yeah, so just quickly, the, the Jaguars would have been another team I would have been interested in at plus three against the Jets. I don't think much separate those two teams, but then we get the news yesterday a lot of Jets on the COVID list, including head coach Robert Salah. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of tough to to navigate some of these things, but we're just doing the best we can um, and as much information as we can. And um, if you want to take risk, I, w- I don't blame you because COVID news could go for you or against you in the bets you make, and it's kind of random. So, I guess I don't want to tell you don't bet something because you could have missed out on a good number, but just know that there's a lot of risk involved in betting some of these NFL sides, just like even before game day. All right. So quickly about NBA, um, because it's, as we said at the start of the show, it's been insane betting the NBA. So what I would recommend to anyone who wants to bet the NBA is a do not bet early. Wait until the injury reports come out around 5 o'clock local time of the game and wait until the COVID announcements are made as well. I I think at this point you don't want to make two bets. For one, you don't want to bet that something someone's going to be out or someone's going to be in before the game and then have to regret that if they are out or they are in the game. So I would just wait till all the announcements are made. There's nothing wrong with making the bet right now for the NBA right before tip-off. Um, 
Uh, so that's what I recommend for the Christmas Day games. I think you can get some lines out at some places for the NBA. Again, just wait. Wait until right before tip-off. There's going to be announcements made for people out on Christmas Day for sure. Just just wait. Um, and I'm going to do a, a Twitter Spaces on Christmas morning, I believe, and the uh, Stadium Bets account where we go over some of these bets because there's some fun games. That Golden State-Phoenix game is again, going to be really fun, and some of those afternoon games will be too. But again, you may even... Don't bet early because if you bet early on some of these games, they might not even exist on Christmas Day, depending on if the teams catch COVID or not between now and then. Um, the NBA has been very loudly saying they have no problem switching around games and changing things that, that have to happen on Christmas. So just wait is is my um, key advice for the NBA because it is ridiculous. I would also say look at player props. And the way I would look at player props is look at players who, A, are healthy, obviously, but also, B, if they're matching up against a – a defense um, that has struggled recently and they're playing a, a team that has COVID issues to some of its stars, maybe pick some of those second or third best players that are usually second fiddle on the team and bet for them to get some overs and points, rebounds, assists, because if they're a, a guy who's, you know, used to being second or third fiddle and the star of the team is going to be out, they may have an opportunity. They get a lot more minutes. They get a lot more time with the ball in their hands. They're going to get good opportunities. And that was pretty successful last night with, um, with some of the uh, bets that we made in the article. So though those would kind of be the recommendations I would make for betting the NBA because it is a minefield. I mean, betting the NFL is hard every single week, let alone with COVID. Now betting the NBA is incredibly difficult because you have guys announced out, you know, 30 minutes before tip-off. Yep, and yeah, I, I don't know. I can't even imagine sorting through all this stuff because I see players – getting signed as emergency players and I, I don't know what to know what to think about teams and quite frankly I don't even know what games are being played anymore and like how these games are going to be made up so I'm sure <laughs> but the NBA is you know pretty good at figuring out stuff on the fly with the bubble that they had and that 72 game regular season last year where they really get every game in so I trust it'll happen but it just is a bleak outlook I guess and in, in a lot of sports leagues right now it is so I have a th- a couple best bets that best bets I have or picks? come up with. I'm, I'm going to make them best bets. You know, it's Christmas, okay. so everyone's feeling good. I'm, I'm going to make these three bets a best bet. Um, I'm going to go with the Nuggets for tonight. And it's almost going against my own advice because I'm betting it semi-early. But it's tonight. Right. The Nuggets are coming off a loss. Um, I, I really like the Nuggets off a loss. Um, they just did not play well. Um, against the Oklahoma City Thunder, and and Jokic didn't play well. His shooting was off. He couldn't shoot the three. So if you're looking at a player prop, maybe his over one-and-a-half threes is the move. It's a little spiked at minus 125, but I, he should be able to get two threes in this game against a, a fast-paced uh, Charlotte team. But I think back home, even though it's a back-to-back, that means they're getting a good number of minus three against a, an okay Charlotte Hornets team. I think the Nuggets should be able to cover minus three. And then the two college football games that I like, as I said, Minnesota minus five. If you can still get them at minus five, I would take that. Probably not any higher. I think Minnesota is going to be the motivated team. I think they're going to be the more talented team against West Virginia, and they're going to be the uh, the smarter team uh, as well because they, they got a, a good amount of veterans on that squad. And then Georgia State. I'm just going to ride with Alex. I'm going to go Georgia State minus five and a half. Um if I get this wrong, I'll be able to blame him. So it's perfect. Take no responsibility. <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll make it a best bet. Georgia State minus five and a half. Minnesota minus five. And then the Nuggets tonight minus three. Yeah, so the Nuggets are tonight. And then 
Georgia State plays on Saturday, Christmas yep. Day, and then Minnesota Golden Gophers play next Tuesday night, a late game, the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix, Arizona. So those yep. are your three. I'll just give out the NFL picks that I am looking at right now. We can drop the Dolphins because of this news that we got during the podcast about Ian Book yeah. starting for the Saints and the line moving. So not saying I you know, think that the Saints are better with Ian Book, but now the lines moved too much, and I would have preferred betting on the Saints as the favorite on Monday night, next Monday night football. So right now I'm looking at the Ravens, and I'm waiting on that to see who starts a quarterback. Even if it's Tyler Huntley, I'm going to take a shot at Baltimore most likely. And from no practice from Lamar yesterday and the line moving from two and a half to three, that maybe increases the possibility that Huntley does get his second straight start. And then the other games I'd be more comfortable betting now, Vikings plus three against the Rams. And then the Bills at plus two and a half against the Patriots. I do think they win this football game. So I do recommend, if you like it, money line, and then definitely using the Bills at a teaser to tease them up to plus eight and a half or anything where you go through the key numbers of three or seven. I like it. So those are our picks. Uh, it's It's been tough. It's a minefield out there with COVID and everything going on. So we're we're trying to escape it as much as we can and find those good spots. We will be back next week. Wednesday or Thursday, we will let everyone know. Um, but until then, you can find Stadium Bets. You can find our articles, my NBA article, Nate's NFL articles. Um, and I will be probably doing a Twitter Spaces on uh, Christmas morning. So unwrapping those presents and listening to some betting advice for the NBA. What uh, what could be better? It's a great combo. Um, but until then, good luck to everyone. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. And we will be back before the new year next week. 